Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of Dimension X called The Outer Limit. It first aired on April 8th, 1950. predict what will come in 100 years, or in 10, or in the next minute. Some people think they can. Nuclear science, mathematicians, astronomers, biologists. They'll predict the shape of the future because they make the future. Because they see beyond the known dimensions of time and space into the unknown dimension runway set in the desert of the southwest. A giant metal ship stands before us, plow pointed to the stars, and in five minutes the signal will flash and it will tear up through the atmosphere to the outer limit. Five minutes, Steve. Right. Where up, Charlie? I don't know where it's... I want to go over the speaker again, Steve. Don't worry, I got it straight. You just make sure. Okay. I take her up on jet to 50,000 and I cut in the rocket. No lower or your tail blast will burn out three counties. I climb four minutes on rockets, then start another jet. Remember that, no more than four minutes, right? This ship isn't like those spreader rockets you've been testing. She's the first one built for outer space. If she works, she can go clear to the moon. Now get this, Steve. You've got power there to clear the Earth's gravitational field. But remember, after you cut into rockets, you've only got ten minutes fuel. If you go beyond the outer limit, and don't save fuel for the return... I know, I won't get down again. That's right, Steve. You'll drift off into space. Get that now. Ten minutes fuel. Gotcha. As far as I'm concerned, this project is a lot more important than that cosmic ray bomb they're testing out in the Pacific tonight. The Security Commission brass doesn't think so. I don't see any undersecretaries under anything. Don't worry. In the long run, our ship will make the CR bomb back page stuff. But in the meantime, it's just as dangerous. Remember, half the principles in this ship are pure theory, Steve. Side room stuff. If anything goes wrong, we may have to scrape you off the landscape with a soup spoon. You have a charming sense of humor. Here's what I'm getting at. We're risking your neck in this test. If anything blows, we don't want to have the next man pull the same boner. I know, Hank. So keep your mic open and keep talking. If anything goes wrong, we won't know exactly why. And we won't be able to ask you. Let us know before you pull every switch. Before you do anything. You got that? Yeah. Even if you only have to blow your nose. All right, get those two lines away. Okay, bro. Well, I guess that's a little old, Steve. That reminds me, look, if Mary calls, I'm just up in the milk run. I didn't tell her the day was it. How is she? She's okay, but she's doing bad now, and I don't want her to be nervous. Hey, I don't know if maybe was that close. Yeah. Steve, I, I really ought to be sending a single man on this job. If I can get me out of a tough paycheck, forget it, Hank. You know, you can't get anybody else who can take 15 G's acceleration when those rockets cut in. Yeah, I know. It's time, Steve. Yeah. Well, see you later. Don't worry, Hank. I'll sweat for both of us. Wonder up, Charlie. Come on, Hank. So long. We'll give you the light from control. Oh, my God. 
close to you. Got you on the speaker. I'm ready to go. Mr. Hanson. Ready on radar, Sergeant? Yeah. Mr. Hanson, you better see this. What is it, Hanson? Message sent to Steve. Mrs. Weston just left the hospital. What? Hello, Steve. Stand by a minute. Shall we hold the tape off, Mr. Hanson? What? Oh, yes. Uh, no, wait, wait just a minute. It's, uh, it's too late now. You going to kill him? Maybe he's got enough to worry about. Hey, what's all the about, Bang? Something that's your money? No, no, it's, uh, it's nothing, Steve. I just wanted to say good luck. Clear for takeoff, Charlie? Right. Okay, give him the light. All right, Steve, I'm leaving you clear. Sergeant. Screen's blank. Screen, Corolla, come down. Search the back. 
Should be some twice. Couldn't have failed to look for me. You hit the circuit 3,400 miles an hour. You didn't pass the outer limit without a fuel. Something blue you'll find the pieces scattered to the river of the coast. Why does it have to be the best man? Always the best man! I'll get it. Charlie, Charlie, we, you know we're gonna figure out what is wrong. Something, something must have gone on. Yeah. There's a message from Mossad Hospital from the field. What is it? Mr. Preston's boy. Boy. Thank you, Elsa. It's a boy, Charlie. Oh. Fine. Fine. It's a boy. He didn't even know she went to the hospital. How am I going to tell you now that? Wasn't your fault, Mr. Wilson? Ship had to be tested. Now you haven't obeyed enough of it. Some other flying fool shoot past the outer limit into space. Oh, I'm getting old, Charlie. I'm going to remember I used to take it with myself. Now I've got to send other men. It's a job, Mr. Wilson. Now I'm afraid. Won't tell me how I object to I jump. Every time I have to say something like I'm a new mother, I start to sweat. And Mr. Hanson? Yeah? I think there's something on the radar. No flight scheduled in, either, Elsie. Well, the whole thing cleared. It's coming in behind us. Here it comes for the boat. What crazy jockey is buzzing the field like that? Is that an army plane, Charlie? I can't see. It's turning. Charlie, alert the field. I know that engine. Give the order to check and refuel the rockets. I don't want anybody in here till I get Steve's reports. Bury any calls. All right, let's have it. What the devil happened to you? Hey, does that cosmic ray bomb still go off tonight? What are you talking about? Straighten out, Steve. Where have you been for the last ten hours? Hey, there's something warm. Come on, come on. I'm going to get a report on the screen to Washington, so let's have it. I've got to know how you stretch ten minutes fuel to keep you in the air for ten hours. Now, one thing before I talk. Look, Steve. Steve. Geiger, man, run over the ship before they refuel. What'd you run into? So help me, Hank, I don't know. But we better check and make sure it isn't radioactive. Elsie, add a Geiger report on the standard check. Steve, maybe we better have the doc look you over, too. No, no, I'll be all right. They said I'd be all right. They? Look, son, I know you've had a tough time, but we've had this field on the alert for ten hours. One of the army boys cracked up looking for you and he's hurt bad. So let's have a story. Let's have it straight. I don't want to tell you. something up there at 300 miles. I chased something up there, Hank. And I caught it. No, don't hand me that. Listen to you. I was cruising along, just starting the right bank, when I spotted something. It must have been going about half my speed. It was egg-shaped and smooth. I made a pass at it, and I was coming back for another, and then there was a humming sound. Humming? A sort of vibration. And I blacked out. I was headed straight for it at 4,400 miles an hour. I thought it was going to be the biggest smash since Hiroshima, and... Because I drink a little bottle. Never mind that, Steve. What happened? I came to inside their ship. Uh-huh. Steve, this whole thing has been a devil of a strain on you. I'm going to call Major Donaldson from the Army base. Ask him to sit in. The psychiatrist? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let him run his test. He'll tell you I'm not kidding. Because, Hank, unless I miss my guess, I've just been kicked off to the 
Mr. Weston, suppose you continue your story. Yes, let's have it, Steve. You woke up inside the ship? Yes, and uh, the place was jammed with machinery. Dials, blinkers. I couldn't recognize anything. And you were surrounded by these men from Mars. I didn't say anything about men from Mars. I didn't even say they were men. I couldn't see them clearly. They were just there. Where did they come from then? Another galaxy. Millions of miles outside of our solar system. That's all I know. You figure out where they came from. And they came all that distance to find the Earth? Yes. Did they do that? Yes. You mean they spoke English to you? No, no, they didn't. It's funny. I didn't think. They didn't really speak to me at all. They just planted the thoughts in my mind. You mean thought transfers to them? Yes, that's right. Well, Steve, what brought them here? We did, Hank. We rang their bell. We brought them in. Well, how? With our atomic explosions. Hank, that's why you've got to stop that bomb test tonight. <sighs> Son of a... But you've got to believe me, Hank. Oh, how can I make you understand? Maybe I can help, Mr. West. Would you submit to... What's that? On the proper drugs, I can put you back in this, uh, ship. My suggestion. Then we can get a playback record of a memory pattern on the other circuit. And how long will that take? Half an hour. We'll have to go to the land. Will you believe me if it checks? It will give us an accurate memory picture of what your mind reports. All right, let's go. Thank you, gotta believe me. We haven't got much time. <laughs> Outlawed war. Go on, Steve. They patrol space. 
When Andy Victor picks up an atomic explosion, they send a patrol. What are they going to do? They've quarantined us. Oh. They've isolated the Earth. Because we don't know how to control ourselves yet. Until we learn, we'll be a menace to the whole universe. What is this nonsense? How are they going to do it, Stu? They've spread a layer out here of... I don't know how to call it. All around the Earth. It's miles deep. When there's an atomic explosion on Earth, the radioactive particles will drift up to this layer and set off a chain reaction. It'll go around the world in microseconds. And that's the end. Yeah, what you think? Yes. Yes. I understand. I've got to bring back the warning. You're going to put me back in my ship to bring the warning.
over his armor glass. He's waving. Yeah, towards control. It's the radio. He needs the radio. Come on. I should have gotten help. Oh, the radio's still hooked up here. Hello. Hello, Steve. Listen to me, Hank. You gotta call Washington now. Come out of that rocket, Steve. I'll call my men. Don't try anything, Hank. They refueled the rocket for tomorrow. Take it easy, Steve. Listen, you know what'll happen when I fire the rocket tubes down here? Steve, don't. They'll burn out every building for five miles. All of us in one big blast. Steve, what do you want? You gotta stop that bomb. You gotta call Washington right now. They won't believe me. You make that call or I cut in the rocket. Now, I mean it, Hank. I hope my screen to yours in parallel. I want to see exactly what you're doing. All right, all right. You just don't fire those rockets. Get going, Hank. You got 12 minutes to make that call and stop that bomb. All right, I'm making the parallel hookup right now. Donaldson doesn't kill me, yes? I don't know, but now I don't want to say this long, but now he's not going to do anything. Steve, Steve, there, are you getting it on your screen? Yeah. Now put that call through. All right. Operator. Visit screen, Washington. The visit screen circuits are busy, sir. They'll try again in half an hour. This is security commission priority. Break in and get me a line. Yes, sir. Just a moment, please. Ten minutes, Hank. Listen, Steve, I'm trying. I'm ready to take your call, sir. Uh, Washington, security commission three. This is urgent. I want Undersecretary Herbert Ames. Washington 3. One moment, please. Hurry, will you? One moment, please. What time is it, Donaldson? 1151. Do you think you'll find these rockets? Right. Washington? Visit screen 3. Mr. Herbert Ames, please. That is a coded exchange. I cannot accept your call without clearance. Get it through, Hank! Listen, Washington, put it through. This is Mr. Hanson at San Marco Air Base. This is a priority call. I'm coding. One moment, please. I will check your code number. Get that through, Hank, and that bomb goes off at 12. You need to be reasonable, Steve. Your call has cleared, San Marco. Washington, visit screen 3. Herbert Ames, please. Security Commissioner Ames. Listen, Ames. Hello, Hank. Ames, you better get me to the chief. Are you kidding? Is it the test control room? Yes, I know, but get him for me. What's up? You look lousy. Or is it a bad circuit? There's no time. I've got to get him before the test. It's about the CR bomb. I can't take that responsibility. Is that true, Hank? I play. What's going on there? Ames, my project has a high enough rating. This is a priority A call. What? Okay, it's your Nick. I'll try to get him for you. He's in the control room, so you'll have to switch off your screen and speaker and go on earphones. Too much going on in there. Security rolling. You hear that, Steve? I've got to cut the incoming screen. All right, but I'll try anything. Eight minutes, Hank. Hello? Hello? What? You got him, Hank? Yes. This, this is Hanson. It's San Marco. No, sir. Priority A request to cancel the bomb test. No, no, I'm serious. This is deadly serious. We sent the X2JTR up today to the outer limit. We uncovered evidence. Yes, on the automatic instruments. What's that? No possible chain reaction. No, I, I can't tell you the whole story. There isn't time here. Yes, yes, I, I'll bring the readings into Washington in the morning. You've got to postpone the test till you see them. Look, I've worked on contracts with the commission for ten years. Yes, yes, I have complete confidence in my information. You can record that. All right, I, I'll call you back immediately. Bye. He's agreed to cancel, Steve. The bomb won't blow up. <sighs> All right, boy. You can come down and we'll shoot. Sure, Hank. Just a second. Hank, I was scared. 
Station now. It's almost 12. We're in general hospital. What do you do today? Sure you do, but you've been under the strain. I've got a shot for you, Miss Keith. You've been a good night's sleep. All right. Well, if you sleep, you can was one of the very few science fiction radio programs, but it may very well have been the best. 
The program only lasted from 1950 to 1951, but it showcased such science fiction golden age writers as Ray Bradbury, Robert Bloch, Robert Heinlein, Isaac Asimov, and Kurt Vonnegut. Bradbury's Martian Chronicles, in particular, is a great example of what science fiction radio programs can aspire to. The narrator was Norman Rose, and the tagline was Dimension X. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.